Hello and welcome back to another episode of Stories. Let me ask you guys a question. What do you get when you take a podcaster who started out in the very beginning and now is working for one of the bigger name podcast hosts? You get Rob Walsh, that's who. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another show of stories. Today on the show, I'm joined with Rob Walsh. Welcome to the show, Rob. Well, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Not a problem. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? I am a podcaster. I've been podcasting now since 2004. Uh, so I, <laughs> people ask what my job is, what my what my hobby is. Um, they're both podcasting. Um, so when I'm not working on podcasting, I'm on podcasts. I work for Libsyn, Liberated Syndication. I've worked for Libsyn since 20, uh, 2007. So almost 16 years now that I've worked for Libsyn and uh, kind of been in the space since the fall of 2004. Doing my, my first podcast was called Podcast 411, which was mm -hmm. a podcast all about podcasting. The first one, the first podcast about podcasting. And I interviewed other podcasters. That was the whole idea behind the podcast. All right. So how did you get into podcasting in, in general? Uh, it was just luck. Um, I had just gotten my MBA from UConn in the spring of 2004, and I was working and traveling, and I needed something to fill my evenings. I All of a sudden, I had all this free time in hobby while I was traveling, and I was like, I, I need something to do. So I heard of this thing called podcasting. I said, well, I'll do a podcast. That, that should be pretty easy. I read this article in Engadget, and and and. It wasn't that easy. <laughs> the, the article said, uh, if you want a podcast, just drop this enclosure tag in your RSS feed and you're good. And I'm like, well, what's an RSS feed? What's an enclosure tag? So I had to learn about that. I had to learn about uh, doing some recording and editing. And uh, in the fall of 2014 um, or 2004, I uh, got, got my podcast worked out, figured it out how to do it. I launched the podcast and a website to make it easier for others to podcast. So I put very detailed instructions step-by-step, step, here's how you podcast. Because up to that point, there was no detailed instructions on how to podcast. All right, do you remember your first show? The first episode, yeah. The first episode was an interview with Chris Rockwell from the podcast called The Daily Download. And not download like a media file, this was a podcaster who recorded his episodes when he stepped into the bathroom to take care of his daily business. <laughs> so that was my first interview was with the guest who recorded his podcast from the bathroom. Yes. All right. How did yeah. you get involved working with Lipson? I, I had a podcast about podcasting and, and the very first podcast hosting company was Lipson. So I knew about Lipson and I started using Lipson in March of 2005 uh, because I, my podcast was getting popular and it was chewing up the bandwidth and it was going to start costing me a lot of money from where I was hosting or self-hosting. So I, I found out about it. I, I got to meet the guys. I got to be friends with them uh, that started Lipson. And I just started promoting Libsyn. And after two years of promoting Libsyn, they said, enough's enough. Stop promoting it. Just come work for us. Or not stop promoting it. Stop promoting it for free and come work for us. So that's how I got at Libsyn. It was just about, 
you know, I was a big believer in the product for a couple of years before I came to the company and, and, and I'm still, and always have been a big believer in the product. All right. What advice would you give to those who want to get into podcasting? I, you know, the, the biggest advice I, I'd say is uh, figure out what you want for the title of your show, figure out what you want for the format of your show, and then start podcasting. Because once you can figure out those two items, um, do it. Don't wait. You know, there's never a perfect time to launch. The best time to launch is now. Um, as soon as you figure out what you want for your title and your format, um, those are really important to get those two down. Now, would you suggest... Um... Um, episodic or serial or depends on what you want to do. Uh, you know, some people, you know, they just want to take an old public domain novel and republish it as a, an audio book and make it a podcast and have interaction with the audience as they release the, the, the novel and maybe even change it a little bit. Um, you can do serialized that way. Um, but for most podcasts, the 95% plus are episodic. And that's just where you're releasing new content, but it doesn't really matter where someone starts listening. So I mean, most podcasters are going to be episodic, unless there's a compelling reason to be serial. All right. I know from reading in the groups, one of the big questions I see a lot is, what do I do if I want to use music in my podcast? What do you tell people if they want to put music in their show? Don't do that. Um, no, <laughs> the podcast is a download. So this is going to download is technically a mechanical copy. That means there's no licenses that cover podcasting for RIA music, regardless of what CSAC and ASCAP and BMI might tell you, their licenses do not fully cover you. So there is no way to get a license to play Led Zeppelin music on your podcast. You, uh, you have to pay Harry Fox. You've got to pay the other guys I just mentioned. And even then you're not fully covered. Then you have to go and get a deal with the re record labels and they don't like podcasts. They think MP3s are a four letter word. Um, so I, what I say to people is there's public domain, there's what's called pod safe music. Um, this is music you can use on a podcast and you have to find pod safe music. Um, Pixabay is a really good place to find music. Megatune is another place you can get music for podcasting. Uh, ccmixter.org. Um, those are good resources uh, for finding uh, music you can use in your podcast. But you can't, you know, I had someone one time launch a Led Zeppelin podcast. Oh, God. And, and I said, you can't play their music in the podcast. They go, why? I bought the CDs. I own the music. Uh, no. You, you don't own, own the, the right to listen to it, but you do not have the right to rebroadcast it and and make mechanical copies. And that's what podcasting is. Um, it's a mechanical copy. So what I say to people that are looking to use music, um, make sure it's pod safe music. Um, Google pod safe music and you'll find out more information what, what it means. Um, but again, go to Pixabay or go to uh, Magnatune or, or go to ccmixter.org and find bed music from non-signed artists that you can use in your podcast. I know one of my favorite sites I use is called Gemondine, I believe it's called. It's a great site because they aren't signed artists. They're just artists that want to put, to put out their music for people to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, there you have to do some work. Oh, I'll tell you that right now. It's not you can't open up Spotify, you can't open up Apple Music and then find music that way. That's not where you're getting your music from. 
um, you, you need to do a little bit of legwork to find music. And also, what do you? What was your most memorable experience doing your podcast? I, I had a couple. Um, I, I think my favorite would be interviewing Quincy Jones. Um, Quincy mm. Jones, for those who don't know, Quincy Jones is the most prolific record uh, producer of all time. He produced Michael Jackson and many others. Um, and when I went to interview him beforehand, uh, his people said, you have 20 minutes, no more, 20 minutes. And, and, and you have to give us the questions you're going to ask. And I gave him a list of like 10 or 15 questions or whatever it was. And, and I asked Quincy the first question and he went on this tangent and I just followed him and we never went back to any of the other questions. We were 45 minutes into the interview and I said to him, I go, uh, you know, is this okay? I really felt bad. You know, your people told me 20 minutes and we're already 45 minutes in. He said, ah, it doesn't matter. They're my people. They work for me because I'm having fun. And so he was having a good time <laughs> in the interview. And that was, that was, so that was probably my favorite one of all my interviews. It must've been quite an honor to land like somebody like him on your show. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten lucky. I've had some really good guests over the years. Um, I, I interviewed Ronald Moore the, the, at the time, the, the head writer, producer of Battlestar Galactica, the reboot, the Battlestar Galactica. And he's also uh, the head, was the head writer and producer for um, Deep Space Nine um, mm. and, and, and other shows. So um, Ronald Moore just was that was one that I really enjoyed doing. Uh, I, I got to interview Senator John Edwards right after he had ran for vice president. Um, I got to interview Larry Kudlow and and, and other celebrities over the years, Rich Eisen. Um, so I've had some good celebrities on my show. That leads me to a question. What is your advice on someone who wants to interview somebody within that kind of A-list to B-list? What is your advice to like how they go after them? Yeah, IMDB Pro. <laughs> Figure yeah. out everybody that you want to interview. Sign up for one month of IMDB Pro. And go through and find the press, the uh, agent PR contacts for everybody you want to interview. Um, and then look at when they're releasing something, a project. When is our movie coming out? You don't want to be reaching out to their PR person while they're in the midst of producing the movie because you're not going to hear anything back. But two months, three months before the movie comes out, you reach out to their PR person because they are obligated to do so many public appearances and press junket, whatever you call it, you know, the, the, the late night circuit type thing. They have so many of those appearances they have to do contractually um, to promote the movie that when you reach out to that PR person two, three months before the movie comes out, you're checking a box for them. You just made their life easier. And, mm. and if you're just starting out, you can exaggerate on what your numbers are. <laughs> it's, it's a PR person you're talking to, right? Yeah. Uh, don't feel too guilty about that. Um, you know, it, it, but that's how you get celebrities and, and just persistence, um, you know, just over and over sending out, um, you know, I, I, Ronald Moore, I must have sent out to NBC and uh, over and over multiple times and to his PR person. And finally, I got him um, at the right time, which was right before a new season of Battlestar Galactica came out. And that's what worked. And then the interview went so well that the people at NBC liked the interview that then they connected me with uh, Collins, uh, was the um, the lead actor from Eureka when that season was launching. Hey, can you interview him? I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, doing a podcast for it. Absolutely. I so, love Eureka. It was an amazing show. 
Yeah. And it was a great, that was a fun interview with him because he's Canadian. And I was always like, well, I'm like, why are Canadians always funny? It seems to be comedians come from Canada. Mm. Now let's learn a little bit more about you. Where did you grow up? Long Island, uh, Bayport. Uh, it's a small town on South Shore, middle of the island on uh, Suffolk County. Uh, so that I grew up there and then uh, all the way until 17, graduated high school and went off to uh, University of Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. So that was, that's, that was where I grew up between the two places. All right. What motivates you, inspires you, and drives you? Yeah, I, I think motivation is free speech. Um, that's why I've always loved about Libsyn and podcasting. To me, podcasting was a place where anybody could have a voice. Um, there's there's a joke that you know NPR was supposed to be that, right? That was supposed to be the the voice for for you know everybody, and then. Inside NPR, I was talking to one of the people and they said, yeah, I go, they go, when podcasting came around, they said, uh, we understand that anybody should have a voice, but not everybody. And, and they kind of looked at podcasting as as a little bit of competition and, and you know, too democratized. Um, you can never democratize the voice. Is You can never have too much um, voice ability to get your voice out there, in my opinion. So I think what drives me, motivates me is really is the free speech. Um, I'm very proud of being at Libsyn when we actually, the company's name is Liberated Syndication. All right. What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? The best compliment I ever gotten? That would probably go back to Quincy Jones where he, you know, again, he said he was having so much fun in the interview. He didn't care about the time. You know, that that to me was, that was, that was my high watermark when I, of doing interviews. Um, that, that had a lot of fun with that. I realized that, I threw away the instructions and I just followed the the guest down the rabbit hole mm. and, and had a lot of fun with that. All right. What's your biggest failure and what did you learn from that experience? <laughs> oh, this is an easy one. Um, got an email. To, was it, it was July of 2005. Got an email and they said, hey, um, the senator is going to be uh, launching a podcast. Can you um, help produce his podcast? We see you're doing one for Senator John Edwards. Can you help um, this senator with his podcast? And I said, uh, you know, I think it's going to be competition. He's most likely also going to run. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think it's right that I, I do this because I'm working for Senator Edwards at the time. I go, but here's a person in Chicago I know that um, can help you out and, and do that. And that was at the time Senator Obama. Oh God! Yeah, so I turned that down. Um, and about two weeks later, I'm talking to the people from the Edwards camp, and I said, "Oh yeah, I just want to let you know, um, Senator Edward, uh, Senator Obama is going to be launching a podcast." And they go, "Oh, how'd you find out?" I go, "Oh, they they reached out to me to see if I produce it." And they go, "Oh, are you doing it?" And I said, "Well, no, I thought that'd be competition." They go, "Oh no, no, you can go ahead and do it." But I've already at that point had already passed it off to someone else and someone else had the job. So um, oh, God. I, I, I learned from that. You asked what I learned. I learned to ask when you're not sure. OK. Right. <laughs> if I had just asked. And then later on, I actually wound up doing um, I got approached by uh, Governor Bill Richardson. So I did his podcast as well. So I, I had. Senator um, Edwards and, and Bill Richardson. I could have had President Obama's. And I remember watching up there on the uh, Democratic debate. Uh, it was down to four candidates uh, in 
for the 2008 election, and it was uh, Richardson, Obama, Edwards, and Hillary Clinton up up on stage. And I was like, oh, I could have had three of the four. Um, so yeah, I learned a lot. I learned a lot that 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 one email, just not asking, not taking the time to just reach out and go, hey, I got approached. Is it okay? Yes or no? That's all I had to do, and I and I would have gotten to meet. Obama and uh, would have done his podcast. That reminds me of a funny story. I mean, I'm in Chicago and Obama's from Chicago and <laughs> my nephews were playing, played soccer when they were younger. So we go out to watch them play soccer. And my mom's like, that's, that's uh, Michelle Obama over there. I'm going to go up and introduce her. This is before he became president. This is when he was still senator. So she walked up and introduced herself and talked. And it turns out now my nephew, my one nephew is somewhat friends with his two daughters still. Oh, nice. Nice. See, just take a chance. You got to take chances in life. All right. Tell me about three influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Um. Well, obviously, most impactful is going to be my father, um, and, and and he influenced me just by uh, the ethics that he had. Uh, you know, he has he's, he's still with us, um, and and that you know he, he's just a really genuinely a great person, um, and he did great work ethic. He worked um, two jobs when I was growing up. He was a police officer and an electrician, so he worked really hard to support us, to put me to college. Um, I got my work ethic from him, um, you know, so when I work, which is way too many hours, but but I I, I got him my work ethic from my dad and and, and morals from my dad. He, you know, it just he he did what he said. He said what he did, and I, I think that's a great way to live. Um, you know, he was a police officer that didn't bring home fireworks <laughs> at Fourth <laughs> of July, right? So you know, it's just little things that that I learned from him. Um, Another really influential person would have been Ken Knapp, who was was the first uh, uh, person that I worked for out of college as an engineer. And he really taught me how to be an engineer. You, you learn about engineering in college. You learn how to become an engineer on the job and, and who you work for and how they approach things um, really does influence you quite a bit. And, and, I, and I was very grateful um, and fortunate to work for someone like Ken who just, you know, took me to the next level and had a great time doing engineering work. Um, and then after that, um, my wife, um, you know, she just, um, I wouldn't be able to have done podcasting. I wouldn't have been able to have done the things I did. I wouldn't have been able to start podcasting company, um, be where I am today if it wasn't for her support um, and, um, and, and insight. Um, because she has a, a remarkable understanding of the populace. Um, when she sees something that's going to be trendy, she gets it. Um, and 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 uh, so I think those three people probably have the most influence on me. All right. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Um. Yeah. <sighs> When I'm helping people launch their podcast, I, I think that really inspires me. Getting knowing that I just got someone else launched, uh, uh, so I love that part of of podcasting. At what I do for Libsyn and my Libsyn Pro customers, getting their podcast launch, helping them 
get that RSS feed out uh, with the first episode, seeing it live in, in Apple Podcasts and Spotify and the other places, I, I, that really inspires me because I know I got another show off the ground. I got another one to go. Uh, I helped another person seeing um, emails come in. Someone found one of my books about how to podcast or uh, sort of one of the questions I put up on the Apple support forums about how to podcast and that they said thanks and that helped them get going. That inspires me. That that I love that. All right. Finish the sentence. I am at, I am at my best when? I'm at my best when it's 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning and I'm banging through work. That's where I, that's where I, I am most creative, where I'm most productive is after midnight before 4 a.m. in that window. That's where I, I get my best stuff done. All right. If you can turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him about where you are now in life? Hmm. It was funny. I, I recently had a letter that we wrote when I was seven, 16 years old. And it was to not be open till like for whatever it was, 30 or 35 until recently. And I opened it up to got to see what my 16 year old self got to tell me, which was uh, don't, you know, underestimate, you know, the power of the teenager. We know what we're doing. Da, da, da. It was like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I would, I would say to myself, don't overestimate what you think, you know, um, um, be willing to learn be open-minded, um, be more, be more open to the ideas of others, uh, uh around you. Uh, that's something you learn with age. Um, that's what, that would be something I would have liked to have taught, told myself, uh, earlier on, um, lessons you learn the hard way. Right. Um, but, uh, where I'm at now, I, I wouldn't want to ruin it. I wouldn't spoil it because I like where I'm at. So I wouldn't give any clues to him to, to, uh, to, to mess that up. I might give them the lottery numbers though, from a lottery. Yeah. 15, 21, 24, 30, 31, 32. Yeah, there you go. Get that, that lottery in early December, 2000, uh, 1989 or something. All right. If you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it, what would it be and why? Um, anything, a billboard, <laughs> um, start podcasting at Libsyn. No, that, yeah, again, that's just, you know, that's who I am. That's just what it's like. You know, it's what I've been doing for the last, you know, 16 plus years, telling people to do that. So, yeah, put it up on a billboard. All right. What do you think the world will look like in five years from now? Not much different than it does today. Not much different than it did five years ago. Um, it'll be a little less masks. <laughs> um <laughs> a little bit more open uh from that point of view um but it, a few more electric cars versus gas cars uh but overall um not all that different maybe um people looking at the first people back on the moon since um uh, by then hopefully mm -hmm. um but since you know uh, <laughs> since i was a wee wee lad that i can it's one of my earliest memories was one of the moon uh, missions, but um, yeah, hopefully that that's what we're seeing in five years. But otherwise, overall, um, not that much different. And good Lord, I hope we have a president that's under the age of 70. <laughs> All right. What was your favorite subject in school? Uh, science. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, not even, you know, I, I was a big science nerd, always have been. So physics, absolutely. But yeah. I, I mean, I liked all science, but, but physics probably top computer science as well. All right. Would you consider yourself an introvert, an extrovert, or an ambivert? Um, omnivert. Uh, I'm an extrovert in some ways. I go out to all these conferences. I talk. I've spoken hundreds of times. But outside of events, I really have only a couple close friends. Um, and, you know, it, so uh, in the day-to-day -day life, I'm not overly out there. Um, but when it comes to work uh, or it comes to podcasting, I'm out. That's my extrovert self. And, of course, I podcast. You have to be a part of an extrovert to be a podcaster. All right. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be and why? Yeah, you know, I, again, um, podcasting, I, it, it's what I did. I'm in the Podcast Hall of Fame, the being part of the Podcast Hall of Fame, uh, which to me, I'm just proud of because, I again, it comes back to I got to help a lot of people podcast. Um, you know, so that's the one thing, just helping people podcast. All right. Well, tell me about where you are now in life. I'm in a good place now. Um, you know, Libson's doing really well. Personally, um, our family's doing well. My older son is getting ready to go off to college. Um, my younger son uh, just started high school. Um, you know, so we're in a good place. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good spot. Uh, my younger son, we, we moved here to Nashville for him because he, he suffers from dyslexia. So we moved here for a dyslexia school. So I was fortunate enough to be in a position where I could get to move and get him at the best school we could for him. Um, and my older son, uh, we got him into really good high school when we moved here and and it's really paid off. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with, you know, where, where we are. All right. And I got a cute, cute French bulldog. So, I mean, <laughs> which is like, he's the best French bulldog, to totally house trained. And I mean, he's just uh, the best. Was he a rescue? No, he wasn't. Um, we got him from a breeder, but he was um, an extra dog that was born in in that group, and he had a um, uh, the lady bred them for showing, and he had a little issue with his tail, so he could never be shown. Aww. So we kind of we we rescued him from the perspective of he didn't have to do show, he didn't go out and be a show dog. All right, now we get on to the way the questions everyone wants to hear. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Oh, I, podcast. I, there, I'm going to stick with the theme, right? How can that right. not be? Um, right. Yeah. What is your least favorite word? Live audio. Two words. All right. <laughs> what turns you on creatively, spiritually, and emotionally? Uh, creativity, well, spiritually and emotionally, Dayton Flyers. I'm a huge college basketball fanatic. So we'll, we'll just get those two out of the way. You know, that that's the, outside of podcasting. My other biggest passion is, is the Dayton Flyers. So college hoops, um, basketball hoops in general. I love college hoops and, and basketball pro and, and uh, any type of hoops. I used to play a lot. So that that's passionate. Creativity. <sighs> Again, I just like creating um, uh, audio in uh, the about anything. Um, 
I used to write. I need to get back writing. I haven't written. So I, I should do some audio books. I should write and do some books someday. It's a future, future project. I'll be doing all of my writing between 12 and four in the morning. <laughs> anyway, what mm-hmm. turns you off? Um, Xavier fans. Um, basketball <laughs> people will get that. Uh, and then anybody that says that they have a guaranteed way to grow your audience. Uh, any any service that's trying to, to sell snake oil to podcasters, those really turn me off. I really hate that. They people, they just, um, they take advantage of podcasters. Everybody wants their show to grow. People know that and they offer up really bogus solutions, um, way too expensive. And people spend all this money and time and doing all the wrong things to promote their podcast um, when the really all that matters is having good content and, and interacting with your audience. All right. What is your favorite curse word? Oh, the F-bomb. Because you can use it so many different ways. Uh, I, I think my favorite television scene of all time was the uh, the F-bomb tirade. They went on the, the wire. If you ever get a chance, look up the wire and F-bomb and, and say you know, F-bomb segment. And they go for about four or five minutes where there's the only word they say is that, and they say it in all different ways and expressions. So that just shows you how, how flexible that word is. Have you ever seen, uh, I know it's a YouTube video or heard it. It's called the definition, the history of the word fuck. Um, I have not. I got to send it to you. It's pretty humorous. All right. What is your least favorite word? The C word. What is I, your favorite? What is your yeah. favorite word? Well, you said oh, favorite word oh. overall. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, again, oh. I'll go back to podcast, right? Do we, yeah. All right. All right. What sound or noise do you love? Um, the one that that's played right at the end when you're done with the recording. Because <laughs> you've gotten through that interview, that one where yeah, it, it, the, the recording's ending. Um, um, they because if you, that's an accomplishment. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, the one that um, <laughs> uh, yeah, what sound noise. Probably because I got to edit it out. Right. Having editing so many of those. The sound of someone smacking their lips. Yep. All right. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's your least favorite color? Lime green. It just doesn't look good on me. <laughs> All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Well, see, I've done two professions. So, um, you know, again, I've done it where I was an engineer and now a podcaster. So I've I've kind of had two different careers in my life already. Uh, you know, you know, other than what I've done, um, athletics, uh, doing play by play, you know, maybe that would have been a, a career I would have loved doing play by play. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Dancing. Oh, I'm so <laughs> bad. I'm so bad. 
singing to it, but singing in there, either one, dancing and singing, being a singing dancer. That's, there's a career. Yeah. Fred Astaire, nope, nope, nope. All right. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oops, sorry. Six more, six more years. You're too soon. <laughs> All right. When you arrive at when you arrive at heaven, what would you like the who would you like to meet? Steve Jobs. I never got to interview him. He was the one I wanted to interview. Missed that. All right. What audio or podcast would you recommend? Hardcore history. Yeah, it's the one I always recommend. Hardcore history. All right. And finally, where can people find you, find out more about you and Lipson? Uh, on Twitter, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Podcast411. You can go to podcast411.com to find out more. There's about page and you can listen to some of my old podcast interviews. Um, can, if you're into iPhone, I have another one called Today in iOS. Um, uh, just go to todayinios.com. And then if you want to learn more about me and in, in, in podcasting, the feed thefeed.lipson.com. That's the podcast I do every other week with Elsie Escobar. And then finally, if you just want to reach out to me, make it really easy. Rob at libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And that's it, everyone. That was Rob Walsh. I'll see you on the next one, everybody. See you there. While the sky burned Getting high off of the fumes Feeling like the bombs Outside of flowers Me and you stay Watching through the glass As the moon came Body, soul, and hands Feeling truly Like our lives are movies I swear it's all a dream No one needs to be afraid But I just don't agree I love the way we see the world Ooh, yeah. I just don't agree Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I love the way we see the world yeah. I just don't agree I love the way we see the world Right there Staring at the sun We spent our nightmares Falling in love I know you feel this I love the way we see the world Ooh, yeah. I just don't agree Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I love the way we see the world yeah. I just don't agree I love the way we see the world I swear it's all a dream No one needs to be afraid Someday we'll fall asleep And won't recall thing Some believe there's no escape Like pain's poster. But I just don't agree, I love the way you see the world.